You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Yeah, it's time for Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. David, we usually stay away from religion, politics, cooking, you know, the, the controversial things. <laughs> and um, red, red, uh, what was it? Blue dress versus gold dress, that sort yes. of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I'm having a, a hard time staying away from politics because it's been dominating the news the last couple of weeks, obviously, and the last week in particular was nothing but politics as the American election came to an end. And yesterday, um, all the news medias finally gave it to Joe Biden. Yeah. And anybody who's listened to this or tech fan uh, probably know who I was voting for and rooting for. So yep. that shouldn't be... Uh, there's no mistake in my disdain for Donald Trump. Yeah, I, I mean, I've got to admit, I was... I was surprised the way the election went. Uh, it's got it's got a hell of a lot of coverage here in the UK as well, and I was surprised because I was kind of expecting that whatever your political persuasion is, that after four years of of seeing Donald Trump do his thing, most people who weren't diehard Republican supporters would have been, you know, what this isn't good for us. We need to vote for the other guy, and I was kind of expecting a much bigger. Um, you know, a really a, a no debate win for Biden very, very quickly. Well, so, there was um, no debate. It, it, it's it's clear there's there was no voter surprise. It, no, no, but I, I was I was expecting it to be so overwhelmingly a landslide, a landslide that um, that there was no grounds for argument or um, court cases or recounts or anything like that because I kind of thought that most people would go, this isn't working. We need to try something different. In fact, Trump's vote went up which yeah surprised and somewhat disappointed me to be honest uh, i'm glad that biden is there i hope that um and, you know and, and i say that even though probably trump being in, in power would have been better for the uk but i think just generally for the world and for the citizens of the us which is a country that i like and has spent a lot of time in i think it's better for you that that we have somebody who's but just basically takes the job seriously and wants to do it properly um, and um, so, you know, I'm, 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 I'm glad that's happened finally. And I just hope that Trump doesn't do any more damage before he's uh, he's finally removed from office. My issue isn't that I disagreed with Trump on all of his policies. There are some that I actually agreed with. I do think we have to have a much harder line with China. You know, their rampant mm -hmm. theft of our IP is. Uh, bad for not just us, uh, but of all Western democracies. Um, we have to have checks and balances in the world. And quite frankly, we're the only ones, this country is the only ones that can keep China in check to a certain extent. The UK can't, Europe can't. Yeah. Um, so it has to be the United States. So in some of those regards, yes, I did like some of those policies. I, I liked, um, well, here here's why I disliked Trump so much. It's not that he had the grammar of an eighth grader. Um, and it's not that he was incredibly stupid, which I 100% I believe that. I believe that mm. Donald Trump is a really dumb person. He is just dumb. 
Um, but he's smart enough in the promotion of himself and his brand. Yeah. And he was smart enough to know that he can say pretty much anything as long as he played on the hatred of others. And what I mean by that is for the last, you know, decade, America started moving in a very progressive direction. And really about equality and bringing up those on the bottom more. And there's a large segment of this population that don't want to see that happen. That still harbors massive racist thoughts towards others. Anybody who's different than them that really doesn't care about anybody but themselves that just wants to hate they really do. That's what they want. The politics of, of what Andrew Dice Clay used to make fun of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let, let's make fun of the handicapped guy. Ha, ha, ha. It's funny. Well, that became unacceptable. And to some people, they still wanted to laugh at the fat guy and the cripple guy and the black guy. They wanted to do that. And they couldn't yeah. because it became socially unacceptable. And Donald Trump made it acceptable again and as a father i'm recording guys it's embarrassing i thought we were beyond that i really really did i I truly honestly believed we were beyond uh, this hatred this racism and we're not it's 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 as worse as it's ever been there's a huge segment of this population in america that if we could legally go back to slavery they would do it they would a hundred percent disagree with that right now oh we would never know yes they would and these are and and some of these people are friends of mine i've yeah you know i've I've, talked to them and i've listened to them and they really do believe that what old white guy should be in charge of everything yeah and and i think something we've seen with four years of somebody in the White House who basically um, validates those views. Yep. Yeah. Um, the, the, the the essential view that, you know, old white guys should be in charge and know best uh, and anybody else is not quite as as equal as they are. Mm-hmm. Um, the problem is, and, and we've seen this in other countries, and we see, you know, we've seen it in other countries over the last century, century and a half, is that once you start down that road, it's a slippery slope because every step you take is a further step towards oppressing those people who aren't like you. Yes. And you start by going, well, actually, you know, they shouldn't, they shouldn't, you know, they've got too much power. Uh, they, um, they shouldn't have a voice. And you end up in a position of really, really horrible things happening, you know. And if it's, if it's approved by the people in charge of a country or the people in charge of a state, then that empowers people who feel like that to um, move further and further and further. And, and I'm not just talking about Germany in the Second World War, because obviously that's the... That's, that's the, the easy trope. That's the easy trope. But, you know, we've how many genocides have we seen yes. around the world basically approved by the leaders of the country in the last 50 years? Not, not even going back as far as the war. We saw it in Rwanda. We saw it in Cambodia. We saw it... Uh, where, hell, we saw it in, in Myanmar about two years ago where they suddenly decided that Muslims in Myanmar weren't, uh, you know, weren't acceptable anymore. 
uh, and the army went in and basically cleared them out and killed a whole lot of them. We're seeing it in China with the Uyghurs. Yep. It's, it, it's basically, as soon as a state decides that a minority of people have less rights than other people, then this is the road you go down. And unfortunately, you know, by doing it in the United States, democracy can't protect you from that because um, it, it, it can't de- protect you from that as it starts. The only way it can protect you by that from that is by what's happened this week where you basically boot the guy out yeah yeah and and the, the difficulty is the longer somebody like that stays in or people of that persuasion because unfortunately i think the attitudes of trump um and trumpism are going to stay around for a long time in america um, oh i agree yeah and it's going to be an ongoing battle but the problem is the longer people like that stay in power the more they erode the mechanisms that stop them from doing the things they want to do. And before you know it, you end up with an autocratic state or a dictator state, kind of like what you've seen in Russia, where President Putin has been in power for many, many years. And every time it looks like, yeah, every time it looks like he's not going to be in power anymore because of uh, the constitution or the rules or anything like that, he just changes them. And then he runs a, um, a, a, a faux referendum that basically puts some sort of democratic uh, cover over it to try and make look make it look like it's all right uh, and the guy is basically an autocrat at this point and america doesn't i'm pretty sure america doesn't want to go to that i i think that some americans do even though they don't want to admit it and, uh, uh, and, yeah know, i think the, i think the, some of them to be i think unfortunately again you talk about the um you know the 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 smarts of some of the people involved i think some of them don't realize what they're sleepwalking into oh no they you know, don't they they, the they are stupidity. actually sleepwalking into the thing that they actually claim not to like they claim yep. to love the constitution and love democracy and love the freedom of their country while at the same time they're sleepwalking into things that are going to take their freedoms away yep and uh will the biden victory change that well i don't know i i hope it puts us back on the right path where i think we were for a while yeah but my fear is that trump has given legitimacy to lying in politics to the point where even when you prove them wrong dishonesty is okay as long as he's on your side and you could overlook anything because he's you're on that person's side. That yeah. facts don't matter. That's my side. That's your side. You're the enemy. And, you know, I, I, I hold very progressive views, but I also am a realist to realize that not the rest of the country is ready to embrace those sweeping changes yet and that these things take time. And I think some of what you know the fox news would call a radical left which isn't very radical because their views are um maybe everyone should have health care yeah you know maybe we shouldn't have one percent of our country wealth controlled by or 90 percent of our wealth controlled by one percent of the population well look i i mean there is like all things there is a there is a tiny element of truth in the claim that there is socialism in the Democratic Party. There well, are there people, should be. There are Everyone people tries on the to make left. socialism sound like a bad thing. Well, to the extent yeah. that you look at you know a, a, a true socialist country, no, it's not a good thing. No, but no, it's but socialist the, democracy. There's a yeah, huge the difference. Point, the, 
the point is, is if you are a conservative Republican and you believe in the free market and everything, it's perfectly legitimate for you to be concerned about the far left elements of the Democratic Party who might want to move you down to something that's more socialist if you don't believe in that. But the the debate around that is a perfectly normal and acceptable part of politics. The difficulty is we've moved away from debate into I won't even talk to the other side and I will will paint the other side. And and both sides have done it. I will paint the other side in the worst light possible to legitimise my fact that I won't talk to them. Right. right and and we need to move away from that and it does a, it, it 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 does exist on both sides it's not it's not just purely a republican thing it's not even purely a trumpism thing the 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 difficulty is is that is that it has been allowed to fester um even before trump came along it was allowed you know we had 8 years of an obama presidency where he find it very difficult to get things done because of exactly that, that same attitude in the senate and the congress so as I, th- I think the only thing I hope that America learns from this experiment they've gone through of, of you know, uh, electing the outsider, the maverick, the, the non-political guy, the businessman guy, the guy who doesn't care, the guy who, you know, supposedly wants to drain the swamp. Though, to me, I think he just wanted it to be his swamp. But um, the experiment you've gone through has got to be that it doesn't work being so partisan. You need to come together. You need to start talking to each other and you need to respect each other's views and compromise somewhere in the middle to the left or the right of some some thing. What you can't do is assume that the very worst of the other side, yeah, is always going to be the only view that you have to battle against. You need yep. to move you need to be more nuanced than that. And unfortunately American politics and to some extent British politics, um, you know, to to not make it all about you guys, um, is starting to reflect that and it's not it's not healthy. You need to be able to um, respect each other's views, even if you don't agree with it, and and respect where it's coming from rather than demonise each other's views. And I think no. everyone has to do that. The hardest thing is probably once we get well into a Biden presidency is is probably for people on the winning side to actually continue to respect the guys on the other side because it'd be very easy to say, oh, they're all Trump nutters and we can't deal with Trump nutters. And, and unfortunately... You know, that's not going to get you anywhere. That's true. Yeah. But there are some aspects of the Trump nutter, as you described, that has to be um, vilified. Yes. And and that is the racism that he... And and I've talked to Trump people about it, and they're like, he's not racist. He he never said anything racist. And he refuted white supremacy. There, there's a difference between those who accept fact and those who live in fiction, that they yeah. just want what they believe in is what they want to believe in, irregardless of the truth, of yeah. fact. And there's a huge difference between those who believe in facts and, and truths and those who don't. And it's really, really difficult to deal with fanatics who simply will not accept reality. And, you know, we had nut jobs here in Michigan, where I live, not 50 miles from me, where they trained, with a plot to kidnap our governor. Yeah. You know, and a lot of that came because of the rhetoric and the things that Trump was saying. Yeah. We have a huge problem with a pandemic because the leadership of this country, 
on the federal level denied it was even happening to the extent that it was. Yeah. You know, these things can't be, you, you, you can't play nice when it comes to stuff like that. Absolutely. With, with radical viewpoints. You have to quash them. So, I don't know. Let's get off of politics because we can go for a long time, and we probably lost some of our listeners going, oh, the freaking Biden people and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and I get it. And I'm not going to rub your noses in it if you're a Republican because I don't think there's anything wrong with being a Republican. I was a Republican for a while when I was younger. But, boy, things have got to change. And um, hopefully they will. We'll see. Um, what has changed recently, though, it's one of my fav- favorite uh, um, segues right here. One of the things that has changed is Disney Plus is worth watching again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I, I've always thought it's worth watching, even in the downtimes. But but it, it definitely has highs and lows, and um, big high with the return of the Mandalorian. Yep, and I love the fact that I, neither one of us has seen episode two. Um, and spoilers, if you haven't watched the first episode of The Mandalorian Season 2, um, we're going to spoil some stuff here. So stop listening if you don't want to hear it. So that's a warning right there. <laughs> don't don't write in complaining because we spoiled something for you. Yeah. Um, I was amazed to see Luke Skywalker return. Oh, wait. No, that wasn't. <laughs> you know what I was thinking, though? In the time frame that The Mandalorian is happening... Luke Skywalker is actually alive. Oh yeah, and we don't know whether he's he, this is this is before he's done his um, Jedi his, Academy. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it, what, it's, it's, it's basically his, his failed teaching experiment and right. his and his hissy fit as he disappears off into the universe. Unless they do something on the Mandalorian to erase that that future history, which uh, I'd maybe, be all yeah, right but I, I think I think it's. I mean, it's it's just a few years after the fall of the Empire, so it can't have happened yet. No. Um, presumably, if if Ben Skywalker is alive, he's 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 presumably only a kid still. So yeah, he'd be a child. Uh, yeah. Um, but could you have a Luke Skywalker show up in the man? They've done a pretty good job of not touching the whole, Holy Trinity of you know Star Wars one or well four five and six. They really. They obviously this entire series exists because of that series, yeah, and the history that it established that followed the empire and the scattering of the remains of that. And here's a baby Yoda, and all that stuff is because okay, we get it, but we don't need Luke Skywalker, we don't need Darth Vader, although he's dead at, at this point. Um, they don't really need to pull from that, but yet here we go, we get Boba Fett's armor. On a character that I really, really enjoyed. <laughs> you know what? Absolutely. I mean, I mean, talk about I mean, the Mandalorian himself. Obviously, is incredibly cool, um, and uh, you know, you you can't wait to see what he does. But ev- what's fabulous about this series is every one of these side characters they bring in. And and the way they do they do it is is it's you know it's like it is like kung fu or something like that. It's like a journeyman show, where yeah. you know these guys come in and out for one or two episodes and then disappear again. And they kind of show this this trope of you know the Mandalorian is as a bounty hunter is discovering that by doing the right thing, 
he makes good friends who help him when he needs it. And, you know, that was a, that was a real thing in the first season and they are going on with that. And every time they bring one of these guys in, these characters just kick ass. Yes. They are so... They, the, the, the brilliancy of it is not only do they give them a backstory very, very quickly, and it, and it really is, it still amazes me how much density of story they they with, with without a lot of dialogue they bring into the Mandalorian. It's one of the best things about it. The yep. fact that in the first season you could watch an episode that was only thirty minutes long, and by the first of all by halfway through it you're thinking you you, you forget that it's a TV show. Yeah, and then the end of it you go, wow, all that happened in only thirty minutes, yeah. and it's because the story writing and the way it's performed is so on point, um, and and. Yeah, the, the the kind of the martial character they bring in here is is a perfect example of that. Within two minutes of you seeing him on screen, you know enough about him to know that a that you know he's he's a he's not who you think he is when you see the armor, and secondly that this is a this is a great guy. Yeah, paid. I mean, Timothy Hol- Timothy Oliphant is a is a very underrated underrated actor, and he absolutely knocks it out of the park in this yep. i know that this is very much in his wheelhouse the kind of the oh, western justice of, yeah. exactly yeah but he i mean he just is he's just awesome he absolutely is um in this and uh i i would i mean i would if i know that as i've just said they, they'll bring them in and out but i would pay good money to see two two and a half hours of a of a buddy a buddy show with him and the mandalorian it would just be awesome and he's do, so do you good think he, his character would work I, you got to get him out of the little tattooing nothing town yeah do no, you think no that character i mean have, would work as a series yeah i think it would i think i, I think you, i think you could uh you could easily i mean to be honest with you you could easily maybe this is the plan you could easily when the mandalorian finishes continue on with with groups of these characters pairing up you know you could do i mean it'd be awesome to have have the mar him the marshal teamed up with the uh the girl who's the ex uh, stormtrooper yeah you know and and have them bouncing off each other and everything that'd be great as well and they're all great um but and this here's was just the thing so you probably good. didn't realize is that character that he plays was the focus of one of the books that they've come out with yeah the aftermath books yeah yeah yep. and he is yeah. they they he tells well they tell a, a slightly different story of how he got the boba fett armor yeah did but, you know did you like the fact that you actually see boba fett at the end though yeah no i thought it was great and I, and obviously kind of the the mystery around the armor is is and and finding more mandalorians is going to be part of the kind of the ongoing arc of this part, certainly the first half of the series. And I think that's great. I, I think, you know, we, and, and, and they're, they're laying, they're laying the foundations down. They, the, the pit that the, the dragon lives in, in this one is an old Sarlacc pit. So now we're thinking, okay, well, there's, maybe there's more than one Sarlacc. Um, and we kind I of always all, assume there was, uh, well, I, I, I always thought it was just, just one thing, you know, um, well, how and, can there just be one thing of any species like that? Well, because, it's science fiction and you can do that <laughs> well you do you know where the crate the crate monster came from the idea to use it in the very first star wars movie you see a skeleton of one yeah that's C-3PO right yeah. and r2d2 yeah. are on the planet that's right yeah i love that thought yeah um and, and they're just taking this this almost folklore approach to star wars history in the movies and incorporating them in the series let's be honest when you heard that he's he's got to go to tatooine you're like ugh. 
Yeah, well, that was, that was port, my first. Like, yeah. Yeah. But you're that like, well, f- that's what Boba Fett was, so this has got to be Boba Fett's armor. Yeah. Although they never once say Boba Fett. Boba Fett, no. Not once. Boba Fett? Boba Fett? Where? <laughs> <laughs> well, they even have that thing where, where he kind of hits the backpack and sends it flying off, just like the, just like happened to Boba Fett in right. the Jedi. Yep. Um, you know, so it's obviously a flaw in that particular design, the backpack. The only thing that bothered me is that you see him fire that incredibly cool missile out the back of the backpack a couple of times. And after he fired it off the first time during his origin story, I immediately start thinking, where do you get another one of those from? Yeah. (laughs) You know, it was very reminiscent of Iron Man shooting the thing at the tank. Exactly, yeah. And Um, John Favreau actually said that's where he got the idea. Oh, right, okay. So he referenced himself. Yeah. Which is fine, because that is one of the coolest things in that first iron man movie where that tank shoots at him and he just it just misses him and he looks at it and he shows this little tiny little rockets at him and blows the hell out of it yeah that's right yeah Pew, boom. <laughs> <laughs> um no i i just i just thought the whole you know the whole episode was a joy it really really was we got to see much more of the tuscan raiders rather than just being the generic i really bad guys. i really enjoy that yeah yeah so you know the fact that um that the Mandalorian can speak their language, so access the interpreter is is kind of played a little bit for laughs, you know, because obviously the marshal has been fighting against these guys. He's never bothered to talk to them, right? Um, and the you know the Mandalorian can and and you know he understands what they're about, and he says, look these guys aren't necessarily bad people. They just live in a terribly tough place and they do what they have to survive. It was you very know? much a cowboy and Indians coming together. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, you know, the storytelling, I got to give it up to John Favreau. I, he is, and I think I've said this in a past episode, he is the new Steven Spielberg. And you would think that a, a, a show like the Mandalorian would be, beneath a big Hollywood because let's be honest he started the Marvel Universe and yeah. he's still part of it you know yeah um, you would think that this would be beneath his caliber of talent at this point but he's doing it and you can totally tell he loves it yeah. he's having the time of his life doing this you can tell that the creative team behind this has got a, a blank check do whatever you want to do with it wherever you want to take the story uh, if you want a, a, an actor like Timothy Olump, I can't say his last name. Elephant. Elephant. If you Oliphant. want him on yeah. the show, get him. Fine. You want Rosario Dawson? We'll get her. I mean, yeah. get the right actor for the right role. And that was a perfect casting. You couldn't have picked a better person. You really no. couldn't. The only thing I've ever seen him in that I didn't like him in was one of the Die Hard movies. It was he was a bad guy and it was really bad. He was like a hacker or something. It was just awful. Um, he was in the last thing I saw him in. He was in this um, sitcom called Santa Clarita Diet. Yeah, where, yeah. I started his, watching his, it and yeah. I, I tell you, it it got better. Um, but I thought yeah, he was to. excellent in it because he had to. I mean, first of all, he was definitely playing against type. He was meant to be like a slightly neurotic middle-aged um, suburban house husband whose wife turns into a zombie um an intelligent zombie and he's desperately trying to keep it quiet it was very very funny and he was really good in it as kind of you know you believed his performance as somebody who was dealing with this incredibly crazy thing and was just trying to roll with it because he loved his wife it was very good um i, and it, I maybe i didn't watch it because i remember watching it and i thought it was about she's a cannibal 
No, she's not a cannibal. She actually has been turned into a zombie. And oh, well, yeah, I might she's like a, she's like a she's like a sentient zombie, but she has these cravings she can't control. You know, so she has to try and she's a realtor and she has to try and stop eating people all the time. And then a, a, a daughter gets in on it, and you know, and then they have. Um, What's his name? They have uh, the guy who guy who played Mal in in the in Firefly. Yeah, yeah Nathan Fillion. They have his head in the basement. Um, oh, that's awesome! <laughs> it's it's just it's great. It it, it is it's been cancelled now, unfortunately, but it, it's a great fun show, uh, and I, he's really good in it. So, well, my favorite, I I really liked um, Deadwood, mm-hmm. but you got to be ready to watch Deadwood. It's <laughs> yeah. very. It's like maple syrup on a cold day. It's just yeah. really thick. Yeah. Um, but my favorite, sh- one of my favorite shows that for the la- last decade, uh, well, I guess, yeah, last decade was Justified. Mm-hmm. And he played a um, kind of a Wild West kind of, you know, a Texas Ranger um, yeah. named uh, Ryland Givens, uh, Raylan Givens. And. Uh, Walter Goggins is the main bad guy in it, played played, uh, Boyd Crowder. And so those two playing against each other, ex-friends, still kind of friends, but on opposite sides of the law, is such a good show. I don't know if you've ever watched it. I haven't watched it, but I know that I'm I'm pretty sure that I don't know which way... I don't know which way it was round. Uh, round. I think he got the gig on Justified because of the performance he did on Deadwood. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I remember yeah. reading that at the time. Yeah. Yeah. He, and uh, he plays a very similar character. Uh, yeah. And let's be honest, they deliberately put him in the marshals uh, in the marshal as the Mandalorian because of the work he did on Deadwood and Justified. So, yes. you know, that's that's one of the reasons he slipped so well into the role. But um, as I say, give the guy props because he's it's not just that he's a he's an actor who does that thing. He is a great actor, and and uh, you know, and and. One of the things that's good about this this show in particular, and also this episode, is that you know it has everything in it. It has comedy. It has you know there are parts of this that are actually quite funny. Yeah. Even though they're fighting a giant a giant sand dragon in the desert that has the capabilities of eating everybody, it's parts of it are play for laughs, and there's a lot of sarcastic humour between the two of them, um, as well as like some pathos and heart. And uh, it was it's really really good. Yeah. Can't I can't recommend it highly enough. We were so excited when this came on, and it, you know, sometimes you get to the second season of something you've really loved, and it just kind of you just think, oh dear, they've lost it. These yeah. guys have lot not lost it. In fact, if this had opened with none of season one, if this was the first episode ever of this, I still would be as bought into. It. I'd still wonder what's going on, of course, but you know, I I would still be bought into it. And what's great about this is this has virtually no baby yoda in it you know i was gonna i was gonna say exactly <laughs> the same thing we were expecting season two to open and it was going to be the main focus is going to be on yeah. baby yoda and that's just a, a secondary character yeah exactly other and than I love- the fact that the journey to to get baby yoda back to its people yeah, um, is, is the over- over- there in the, yeah, yeah that's that's the that's the story up but it you know it's basically mentioned and then put put to the back burner for this yep. episode um you know, obviously, he's looking for more Mandalorians because that's that's. But you know, it, it's not a focus. And I loved the scene where he walks in, right, <laughs> and there's tension, and then Baby Yoda just reaches forward and presses the button to shut the uh, yes the the lid on his crib because he knows that he knows what's stuff's going down. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was brilliant. awesome. 
Uh, you know, and I love the fact that you get to see some of these lumbering characters from Jedi, you know, kind of badasses battling it out, you know? Yeah. That was kind of cool. Yeah. So, um, the no, it was. People, it, I can't think of their name. Uh, the Gamorreans. Yeah. Yeah. You're such a geek to know that. <laughs> I I read the I read the novel tie-in, so I know all this stuff. They uh, they did a good job. I mean, yeah. Even though they spent more episodes last year showing how they film it and all of this, it it didn't detract from how good it is. Oh yeah, I mean, it, it, that technology they're using really allows them to make good use of their budget. Yep. Um, but but here's the thing. I'm sure they've got a bigger budget this year because it was more successful. Yeah. But they didn't... They're not immediately going to big space battles and all of that. I'm sure they spent lots of money on the screen realising the dragon. But um, they, fo- they focused it in the but right areas. it was areas. so realistic. What, oh, I yeah. mean, let's be honest. You had... <laughs> they, they just took so many things from so many different movies and books oh yeah and, i mean i mean know, the thing of it that's of it dune swimming, 100 yeah dune and also um the, the movie tremors you know with yes. them kind of making yep. um making funny funny gags when they see this incredible thing of of a, a thing swimming on the sand up the street yeah <laughs> it's uh you know it, it's um yeah it, it they really kind of riffed off a lot of things there and it worked you know it really it, did it, it brilliant filmmaking brilliant storytelling I'm so glad this is back. Um, I'm dying to spend however long, an hour or less um, later today to watch episode two. Um, Just really, really good stuff. And I'm so happy that there's such good content out there. I almost feel kind of sorry for Amazon that they just don't, they can't seem to get their shit together when it comes to creating more and more original content for Amazon Prime. It seems like they have some really good shows, but they're like two to three months apart, you know? Like, yeah. The Boys have been fantastic. I love season two. Mm-hmm. Um, the Jack Ryan series, they've got two seasons of that out. That was enjoyable. Um, but it's just too far apart. It just, it's almost that if you didn't pay for Amazon Prime for shipping, you probably wouldn't be an Amazon Prime subscriber, except for maybe a couple times a year. Yeah, yeah, you that's know. that's true. I mean, I, I've seen some stuff on there I really enjoyed, but here's the thing: that's the problem with the Amazon Prime stuff, it, with the exceptional maybe one or two series. It's stuff you enjoy, but it's not. We're not raving about it like the way we're raving about the Mandalorian. No, you uh, wouldn't find any of the stuff on on Disney Plus or or well, maybe on um, Netflix. Some yeah. Of no, well, the thing is, Netflix is is almost it's it's a mix of quality and quantity, isn't it? Because Netflix yeah. loads so much stuff on, and they'll, I know, I know they've really scaled back their own um, their own developments recently. Um, well, mostly but, because of the pandemic, though. Well, even before that, though, they were they were cutting stuff. You know, they dropped all their Marvel stuff as part of the Disney deal. Yeah. Um, they, uh, you know, they've cancelled quite a few shows. So, you know, their own production stuff, they were they had this reputation as as Netflix will make anything and and they they seem to be cutting back on that now. But what they've done is they've compensated for that by bringing in all sorts of stuff you would normally never watch. You know, a lot of these foreign shows yep. um that are that are kind of big in Brazil or big in Portugal or something like that and they're 
they're using that they're, they're putting those on and um and you know it's good quality stuff but again it's the sort of stuff you would often see on amazon prime uh, but the netflix can also bring out the big shows uh when stranger they need things to and, yeah. yeah exactly what the hell's and, going on with stranger things when the hell are we getting new series uh, i don't know i mean I that, they, that, they wrapped that, a long time ago yeah but I, that also i think is is comes down to covid i think i think companies are being very careful about when it, it's almost like a movie situation now they're looking at the time of year in the markets and that sort of thing and they're deciding when to do the big launch and also as well they're deciding whether to do the you know binge the the binge worthy here's the whole season off you go or whether they're going to string it out an episode a week um which is is obviously what disney are doing with the mandalorian at the moment um they're also uh cbs are doing with star trek which is uh, also very very good i'm very much enjoying this new season yeah but i haven't again, watched episode four yet but i yeah. watched the first three and the idea to take discovery and we talked about this already into the future was a brilliant one and i like that it's not quite a dystopia but boy it does feel a little bit like it and they're finally expanding on the michael character she was getting so boring to me yeah yeah, uh, she was, and and they they smile once in a while. Jesus, yeah, they've um, you know that the problem with her was that they because she was loaded so much, everything was loaded onto everything that happened in the whole Star Trek universe seemed to be loaded onto her shoulders. Right. Um, and now and a she's, character we never heard about with exactly yeah, they had such a rich history already. Yeah. It was and kind of stupid. So so now she's been given the chance to breathe and, and they kind of really riffing off that. And I, I think that's pretty good, you know? Um, and, and yeah, it's, I'm sure the actress who plays a much, very much appreciates not having to just sit there frowning and worrying about the next decision she's having to make all the time. So. And, and up until this new season, it was starting to get a little bit ham fisted and heavy. And it was just like, Oh well, it, yeah. It's transitioning now. It started as a, kind of you know, very much like the original star trek as yep. you know there's there's three or four main characters uh, and everyone else is just like um you know is is there to drive the plot along now they're transitioning to a proper ensemble show you can yep. see you can see this season is going to be an ensemble season because you're already starting to see more of some of the side characters and also they stopped doing the swapping <laughs> i always thought it was really weird the swapping they do in star trek shows you know you have the uh and they and the, if you watch the cartoon series lower decks they kind of riff on this a bit yeah um the fact that you will have the principal characters and then other bridge positions are kind of interchangeable and and you you won't often won't get any continuity there you'll just get some random actor sat there and, and that sort of thing and they were doing that on discovery for a while but now they've settled on a a crew and, and, you know, now those people seem to get to keep their jobs because they're always there. And obviously that's building up to more of, you know, more of an ensemble piece. The, 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 the Hell's Woman girl yes. with, the, uh, with the robot implant, yep. the, it's very clear that she's going to have a, 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 some sort of arc this season. And she's probably going to get an episode or two to herself yep. because yeah, they're kind of telegraphing that already. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, and, and that's good. I think, a, I think a show like this needs to move away from that, you know, particularly as it's... As, presumably it's going to be very much like planet of the week it's going to have to and be that's because, okay you know because, that's okay yeah and the overarching is trying to rebuild or get a hold of starfleet and that's fine i, I kind of like the idea yeah um but i i think season two is really not good i mean there it's, was some yeah. good episodes in there but 
as a whole story. It just felt like, hey, we want to bring the Enterprise and Spock in. Okay. And at the end, we're going to push Discovery to the future so it doesn't interfere with Star Trek lore. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's fine. But it took forever to get there and the whole angel thing. It was just like, ugh. It, it really, well, I think the problem is, and I think this is what they've now fixed, they really suffered from, they created these huge, momentous things that people should know about and have never mentioned in the future. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, and the thing about it, so the whole thing of uh, season two was this idea of control, this sense in AI trying to take over the universe, right? And how many episodes of Next Generation or even the original series, yeah. involved some sort of sentient AI doing bad things. You th- and nobody ever mentioned, oh, God, you know, remember that control thing? We've defeated that before. Exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. I know they, they're going to say, oh, it was all Section 31. It was all secret. Nobody knows anything about it. It's just like, yeah, okay, fine. Um you know, each of those each of those ships has, what, 400, 500 people on it, and nobody ever mentions it there. Sister, partner, brother. We're coming in (laughs) up on uh, 2021 here. And we have new TV shows on Marvel superhero characters, Star Trek, and Star Wars. Is there a better time to be a geek than right here and right now? Well, I I guess the only only downside is we're getting all these kick-ass TV shows, but we're not getting any movies because of COVID. I'm fine with that because, let's be honest... Yeah. <laughs> For the last decade, the TV shows that have been out there has been way better than the movies that have been yeah. out there. Well, I mean, it definitely is now. I mean, you know, we are, we've said before we're in a golden age, but now we're in the golden, the burnished golden age of TV because they don't have to compete with the movies, you know. Yeah. I, and let's face it, do you think that some of the actors from the Marvel movies would be doing these TV shows um perhaps with as much interest and verve as they would do if they also had movie work to do. Yes. You think? Yes. Because most of the stuff was planned before the pandemic even hit. WandaVision was, Hawkeye was, um, these things were already in the works. But uh, yeah, but the, the point I'm trying to make is without the movie industry, with the movie industry effectively being a hiatus. Yeah. Uh, I would suspect that everybody, and not just the actors, but everybody involved in those productions coming to work every day must be thinking, thank God we have this to do. Yeah. Thank God that we have a job. Yes and, and no. I also and, think that... You know, I, let's I, make this the absolute best thing I can do. And I'm, I'm sure there are all sorts of favours being called in from people who are sat in um, I production. I don't think so. You know? I don't think so. No. Here's why. I think that it, the writing's been on the wall for the last four years that the best work out there the best acting gigs uh that's going to get the most views and more people are going to see it is on streaming now which means tv shows and movies that are and mostly let's be honest it's series on streaming movies in streaming really isn't a thing yet it really isn't uh, somewhat on netflix but not really not the big budget things that's still hollywood on the big screen um but I think that shows like Breaking Bad <clears throat> kind of show that, hey, you can do really high quality television here. And then with the rise of Netflix and Hulu and blah, 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 that, hey, you know what? I want to work. I want to make good money. 
but I want to do something that I enjoy. I like stability. Everybody does. And I could be on a movie set for six to eight months and have a freaking dud, or I can do this show that I'm going to be on the set less. It's a more of an ensemble piece and the writing is fantastic and more people are going to see it. I think yeah. that is a, and let's be honest, all these actors love these streaming services as consumers themselves. Yeah. They watch all this stuff. They have a subscription to Netflix. You know, they're watching it all. They're enjoying it. Now, some of the old, old guard, yes, they, they probably would rather be a quote unquote movie star. But, you know, you, you get a guy that is somewhat of a big actor on a, on a in a movie, and then he does a, a, a TV show. Never would have happened in the 80s and 90s. Never. No, it you went know. the other way around. You it went the other way you around. St- you start on thinking like some Jennifer Aniston on yeah. Friends, and then you become a big actress. Yeah. That's uh, how it or, went. Yeah. Or, you know, Bruce Willis went from your moonlighting to, uh, you know, to, to Die Hard and then became a, a big movie star. And now he's a know. joke. Is Bruce Willis a joke now? Oh, yeah. What's he? he every movie that he does now is awful. Is it? Oh, God. Yeah. What, his, what's he done his, recently? Exactly. Um, <laughs> he's, he, he's, he's working constantly, but the problem is they're freaking B movies that are released on Netflix that nobody's ever seen. And it never hits the front page of Netflix because it's just. Just do a quick look up of. I'm, lo- I'll do it right I, I'm looking at his at his movie oh, yeah. uh, his his moviography right now on on Wikipedia. Um, oh, oh, he's going to be in Stranger Things. No. I mean, the last Ooh. thing he did that I really enjoyed was Looper, but that was a while back, I guess. Oh my god, that was forever ago. Are you kidding? Looper was what eight years ago? Yeah. Okay, so. Just, I mean, he's getting old a bit. He may have slowed down a little. No, he he picks awful movies. Um, <laughs> Die Hard is back, which is a short, but that was a commercial. It was a commercial for Die Hard batteries. Um, Hard Kill, no one's ever heard of. Survive the Night, no one's ever heard of. Trauma Center, no one's ever heard of. Ten Minutes okay. Gone, no one's ever heard of. Between Two Ferns, the movie. Okay, that was funny. <laughs> Motherless Brooklyn, I watched it. It was awful, and he's a bit player in it at the very uh, beginning. I must admit, I've, I've never heard of any of these movies, so that kind of pretty he was on. He was on the Orville as Grugan? I didn't even know that. He was just a voice, and he was uncredited. Well, there you go. <laughs> uh, I mean, I mean to Lego be fair... The Lego Movie 2, he played Bruce Willis as a voice. Glass, which was... The should sequel. have been great, and it was yeah. awful. It was just terrible. Yeah. Airstrike, no one's ever heard of. Reprisal, no one's ever heard of. Death Wish, wasn't actually bad. Of course, it was a remake yeah. of, uh, what's his face? Um, what is What was his name? I keep wanting to say Piers Brosnan, because I was just reading this whole thing about what, James Bond. Uh, you're talking about in Death Wish? Yeah. Charles Bronson. Yeah, Charles Bronson. He's actually, well, a, relative, he's actually a relative of mine. Is he really? Yeah, there's a distant relative, yeah. Oh, he's or dead, he, though. Yeah, he's dead now, so he's yeah. not a relative of anybody. Not, not, not rel- he's not relative anymore. Uh, so Death Wish, that was actually an okay movie. Acts of Violence, no one's ever heard of. First Kill, no one. Once Upon a Time in Vien- Vien- Venice, no one's ever heard of. Split, nobody's ever heard of. Marauders, no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Precious Cargo, no one's ever heard of. Extraction, no one's ever heard of. <laughs> Rock the Casbah, 
No one's ever heard of. <laughs> Vice, nope. Uh, the Prince, no one's ever heard of it. Fr- si- Frank Miller, Sin City. Oh, okay, there's one. Yeah, 2014, and it was bad. Yeah. Family Guy, he did a voice. Red 2, that was the last movie I enjoyed. Uh, yeah, I can't disagree with you. He's very much become... I mean, some of these are marked as director video and demand, director DVD. So, you know, he's 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 got into that. Um, i I got to be honest with you. I mean, he's... This, Seven years. Th- but this is this is not an unusual pattern for him. I mean, he's done some really sucky movies, right, from being a big he, movie star. He needs someone in charge of his career that will tell him, no, you're not doing that. Yeah, I mean, remember, this was the man who was in Hudson Hawk. Well, yeah, point you taken. Know, yeah, it, which was not a great movie. Um, the Last Boy Scout, also not wow. a great movie. I kind of liked The Last Boy Scout when it first came it was, out. It was not it good. It hasn't held up, but I kind of yeah. liked it. But that's the point, is that, you know, it hasn't held up because he does these movies that are fine when you watch them and they have no staying power because they're If they a bit would rubbish. have just called The Last Boy Scout a diehard movie, yeah, you would have liked it. Because yeah. he played the same freaking character. In fact, well, he plays yeah. the same character in most things. Yeah, Striking Distance. Remember that one? Yeah, but just, so you let's know? stop acting like Bruce Willis is some kind of a big-time actor. He's not. He's a joke now. Yeah, Mercury Rising. And let's be honest. If he got on a really good series on Netflix, a Stranger T- Things type of thing, it would resurrect his career overnight. Hell, yeah. give him a give him a diehard series on Netflix or, oh, yeah. or yeah, Amazon. You ever thought you ever thought that maybe he just doesn't care? I mean, maybe oh, of course he doesn't. Maybe care. maybe obvious. he does these. Maybe he does these. You know, kind of streaming director streaming or director DVD movies for a lifestyle. paycheck, and he doesn't that's, care. That's a hundred percent. There's no yeah. question. There's no maybe about it. It's exa- nobody in their right mind would have read any of these scripts and went, uh, you know what. I've got to be on this, this is I got to be on this show. He knows this is garbage. He doesn't care because it supports his lifestyle. He gets to still be a movie star or a pretend, you know, musician, which he's really bad at. Um, what was it? Bruno? Was that what his thing was? Ugh, it was just awful. Um, yeah. It, it, it's just bad. Everything is bad from Bruce Willis for the last seven years. And somebody needs to step in and point him in the right direction. You know, stop stop being a movie star. Let's get your career back on path and you can have even bigger paydays. Nobody wants to see a new Die Hard movie, Bruce, because the last four of them have sucked. The last good one was with uh, Samuel L. Jackson, and that's only because Samuel L. Jackson was in it. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't. Bruce acting no. himself off the screen there. No, it uh, was Samuel L. Jackson. It was the yeah. it was the play between those two. That's right. Yeah, you know. You so know. you and I need to to write a script for a Die Hard. It's a John McClane, not his son, not the <laughs> blah 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 blah. It, it's a Die Hard, Lost in Australia type oh, of thing. Hollywood, just, oh Hollywood, how much we we love you and loathe you in equal measure. <laughs> and, it, and it's mostly comedy. It's mostly dark humor. That's what I want to see. That's what that's what Bruce Willis is good at. No, they, I think they need to make a Die Hard movie where he's the bad guy. You know, he's taking the thing over. You know, he's yeah, kind, he he's kind of he, he's he kind of snapped. He wouldn't do it. No, you 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 save it in the third act when it turns out he's secretly working with the CIA or something. Yeah. But um, you know, you make it look like. No, it'd be great to market. And this is this is how Hollywood thinks. This is where movie ideas come from. Is some 
executive does a couple of lines of coke in his bathroom, yeah, then goes to a meeting and he goes, yeah, how can we... How can we make money, more money off an idea we've done before? How about Bruce Willis, but he's the bad guy, um, you know, and and then in the end you find out he's really the good guy because he's Bruce Willis. Yeah. Uh, and you have him take over. It can't be a can't be an office building because that's been done. So let's have him take over a, 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 a cruise ship. <laughs> you know? yeah, he's going to take over a cruise ship. Keanu Reeves pulled and, out and, of that. Uh, <laughs> You know, and then you have um, the fat cop from the first one, and he's going to be the Bruce Willis character in this one, and he's going to kill people on the cruise ship. You know, that that's basically how Hollywood works. Yeah. Because every time there's a successful idea in preparation, there's like four or five studios will copy it. You know, you know, remember the year we had all the big asteroid hit the earth movies? and Yeah. You know. Or aliens and cowboy aliens, type yeah. things. Yeah. Uh, the no. Fifth Element, he was great in The Fifth Element. Yeah, but well, then again, that's the story that was great. Well, yeah, but the problem with The Fifth Element is it's just a weird-ass movie. It is. That's <laughs> why I liked it. And it doesn't hold up well at all. No, because it's so weird. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the the only great movie that Luke... It's Luke Besson who did those, isn't it? Yeah. The only great movie he, he ever did, in my opinion, opinion was the one with um, The Assassin in it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know, yeah. and Natalie Portman's a little girl because yep. she was a little girl back then. That that movie was awesome. Yep. It was absolutely awesome. And and it hit, you talk about you talk about actors' careers, the guy the French guy who was in that. Yeah. One of the most underrated actors in Hollywood, I think. Because that guy could do anything. He could be funny, he could be action hero. You know, he's he's absolutely fantastic and he does it all in a French accent. What more could you want? And yet he never gets to be the big star. Wait, didn't he put on like two hundred pounds though? Uh, well, I don't know. Maybe, I would, maybe, I would maybe, totally do that. maybe he put two hundred pounds on because nobody ever recognised him for his true great acting talent. So that has been. <laughs> give that guy, give the French guy a role in the Mandalorian for God's sake. That's right, he'd be awesome. His career. <laughs> he could be Jabba the Hutt now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's 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 harsh, man. It is. Well, we live in a post-Trump world, so you know. Well, let's face it. Of the number of lockdowns we're all going to go through, we're all going to end up looking like that. Yeah, I think we've got another big lockdown coming. <laughs> well, we're we're in ours, but yeah, the problem with lockdown is there's really not much to do except watch TV and eat. Yeah, well, there is that. So, th- hey, benefit. <laughs> yeah. So, so don't get me. You, know, you notice I have not complained about that. Yeah, I'm you just didn't pointing say it was bad. out. I'm pointing out as a fact. It's it's a thing. Yeah. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of uh, the Geeks Pub, so I can get back to ripping out carpet in my living room. And uh, yay, that's fun. <laughs> that's that's the highlight of my week right now. Well, there you go. There you go. So you're keeping busy in pre-lockdown. So you, yeah. you, you, what you're basically saying is you're going to ruin your house and then go into lockdown. So you have to do nothing but sit in the middle of it. Well, you know, I, I told you that I finished the kitchen and the difference between walking on the floor now with a solid base and um, porcelain tiles hmm. and what it was before is it's so solid and just it's awesome. It doesn't that floor get very cold in the winter, though. Yeah. So what? We're slippers. <laughs> There you See go. you next week, David. See you then. Bye. Bye.